The other part is what we just call your, your cash flow. And it would be around your spending plan. And so just start with... Is that called a budget? No, we don't use that word. Oh. No, I don't use that word because I'm a visionary creative. And the budgets are so limited. It's so limited. <laughs> I mean, we like to really... Ugh. Taxes and budget. Do you see my pen? I got notes right here. Yeah, I'm looking to make it a little lighter. <laughs> Are we mutually aligned oh right now? Oh my goodness. Uh, there's, there's always, always two, two versions. <laughs> I mean, you're moving a little slow, but... Working I, I, really like, hard. <laughs> we will definitely talk about that later. <laughs> Love for work. Welcome to the Love of Work podcast. This is your co-host, Jeff Schinnebarger. <laughs> and this is Andre. The other co-host. <laughs> Sure. This is like a partnership, a co-hosting of partnership. When you say co-host, am I supposed to then also say co-host or is that just implied? Yes. <laughs> We're getting this every time we start here. We just need to roll through and keep going. So good to be in the studio with you as always. We're unpacking the big issues in this series. Well, let's be clear. First of all, we are not in studio Today, we are at the Plywood Place, the workspace that you like created. I mean, our studio is also in Plywood Place, but right now we're in a separate space within Plywood Place, space, place, <laughs> taste. I don't know. Right? Yeah. And, and it, it is a really cool place. If you've never been here, if you come through Atlanta, please stop in here and you have an extra time. You just need to get some work in. Come on. Come on down to Plywood Place. We would love to have you. We do have a co-working space. We are a nonprofit. A bunch of programming here for you. If you're in the Atlanta area, man, you could become a member. It's only 50 bucks a month. Yeah. And so today we're out in our amazing place. And so you might hear other people kind of in the background a little bit here because everybody's co-working. Yeah. Today, we are talking about a big issue. Big issue. And let's be honest, this topic is made for you. You kind of had to drag me here this morning. I mean, you you came. I got out of bed for that. I this. had to bring donuts to the <laughs> office. I did need to be coerced. <laughs> I was like, if you bring me donuts, I'll be there. I got you donuts. I don't want to say that because I actually love this man. Greg Gilbert is who we are talking to today. He is a dear friend. So I don't really want to say like I was dragged here and I didn't want to talk to him because I really like him. And you know this is a big issue. And I We're know about money, it's a people. big issue, but it's also not my favorite topic. Right. But money, good We're talking money. About money, good money. And marriage, this is one of the topics that everyone knows they need to talk about, but rarely wants to talk about it. And they should talk about it. And this podcast today is money. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> I just did that. You usually do that, but I just did that. Okay. So today we have Greg Gilbert. He is a wealth advisor with Ron Blue. And Ron Blue serves all kinds of people in all different areas of life. But Greg specifically works with uh, leaders and their money. And so he has been a big advisor to us and he has helped us in a lot of areas with money and has taught us so much. What's something that you've applied in your life? <laughs> well, you're going to hear it in our conversation. Uh, I'm not going to give it away. You don't want to give it all I'm away. I'm not going to give all my learning We're talk tips about money. away. So if you are in debt, listen to this episode. If you are trying to figure out how to get on the same page with your partner related to money, listen to this episode. 
If you don't like money but need to talk about money, listen to this episode. If you don't like a budget, listen to this episode. Oh, yeah. We anti-budget up in here. So we got Greg today. We're going to go all in. But what should we be listening for? Number one, $200 at Target. Always. Okay. Number two, the difference in wants and needs with your partner. What you want is not what I want. What I want is not what you want. Mm -hmm. And it plays a role with money. And number three, zip lock bags, people. My confession. This is my confession. Oh. U-S-H-E-R-R-A-Y-O-N-D. Stop. I did confess a big confession. So you will all hear that. And uh, I hope maybe somebody feels the feeling that I feel with Ziploc bags. So here we go with Greg Gilbert. We're very glad you're here. This is exciting. And by exciting, I mean, Andre hates talking about money. (laughs) Mm, Which makes it even more fun. Right? Greg, I feel like if there's anybody that can turn me around in this conversation, it will be you. Well, we've had these conversations with Greg before. You advise, I don't even know how many clients and, and friends about what to do with their money. Yeah. I'm curious if you have any story or you can remember a moment. Because if you're talking with couples Mm. about money, where you were the third person in the room. His example is you and I. I don't think ours was that bad. I mean, you laugh at us, but is there any story that you can share where you're like, oh, you don't have to say names. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I need to get out of the room right now. Oh, my goodness. The best is when one of the spouse, usually the husband, is talking very confidently about the state of where they are with their money and relationship. <laughs> and the wife. I know where this is going. And I'm kind of making sure, you know, we like to serve the couple. And so checking in on the wife to see what the reactions are. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not good. It's not and the sometimes same. sometimes there's an indication that they may not be on the same page, oh, even right, though yeah, the boy. husband is so confident that they are. <laughs> And then it's like turns into like marriage counseling. <laughs> oh, yeah. It yes. starts money's the the doorway to a lot of other areas. Yeah. So mm. why is it that people really don't like to talk about money? I.e. Andre Schoenberger. Yeah. So probably a lot of fear, a lot of complexity. It's something that's unfamiliar for most people. And so, mm. like a lot of things that are unfamiliar, it's how do you where do you go in there? I'm not confident in it. Mm -hmm. I don't really want to dive into something that's complex and I may make a mistake and I'm afraid of not knowing or all kinds of, a lot of emotion starts to engage in obviously all the areas of our life, but definitely money. When you are seeing couples specifically, not just, you know, one person or the other, what is the biggest tension you usually see Mm. between couples? Is it more just that they were raised differently and like they look at money differently or is it more like the practicalities like in how it comes out? You know what I mean? Everybody's trying to figure out this money thing, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody's got some level of it or is trying to get some level of it and trying to figure out what to do with it. And so you have two people who come into this world with completely different personalities, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times very different upbringings mm-hmm. and experiences with money. And then they come in with all this history and whatever experience they had or didn't have, mistakes that they may have made or didn't make into this relationship that now they've got to figure it out together. And so anytime you have two people, you have two differences mm-hmm. of opinions and experiences. And so no matter who they are, And so that becomes the starting point 
yeah. for couples yeah. with money is all these things that are already baked. Yeah. Is money the the biggest thing that you are being challenged by? Or are there other things that make its way to the table in that discussion? There's the challenge of all those things that are already being brought into this relationship. And so how do you figure out each other is a really big deal? And how do you dive into that and start to lean into that? Because probably most people aren't aware of what a big deal it is. And it takes time to get to a level of understanding so that you can move forward together. And I think that's probably half of the battle, if not more, is, is that piece of it. And then there's the practical. All right, what do we have? Where is it? What's going on with it? Sure. What do we need to do with it? And so I think those are probably the two biggest pieces that need to come together. But um, I think it's got to start with leaning in together to start to unpack some of what's already happened. And there's never enough, right? <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Like, I, I think like th- that's a core thing is like there's wants that people have. And, and even, I mean, I think about us and the things that you want or the things that you think you might need. I'm, when I'm saying us, I'm saying Andre and I, things that you think that you might need. I'm like, we don't need that. Or I really want something. And you're like, we are not spending our money on that. Right. So there's this tension of the two of us have different ambitions or desires. Is, is that making sense? Right. So financial planning is essentially the admission that there are more choices and options than there is money available, no matter who you are. Oh, so there's there always more go. to do with it. <laughs> and that can be overwhelming at first. But if you go, no, it's just like time. There's always more options with our time than there is time available. Right. Yeah. So then it just becomes, and we'll talk about, but like, what do we want to do with it? Like, what's, right. where are we? Maybe what do we need to clean up, organize? And then mm-hmm. where, does, where do we want this to take us? What The good money part of this is money. Is it good or bad? You know, it's, it's time. It's a resource. And once we identify what we want, then we can allow the money to help fuel us to get us there. Once we're able to be clear about what those things are. An interesting thing in terms of just learning even with your with your spouse or your partner is I was asking um, my wife, Lisa, one of those questions to uncover some of our past or who we are. What's wasteful to you? Oh, that's a good question. Like in your perspective, what's wasteful? Yeah. You know, I had this really deep <laughs> earning the other day and I've been wanting to confess this. So I'm what? going to confess what it are now. We ta- hey, God. Okay. To wait until the, Listen, the mics are on. What is happening right Listen, now? Listen, <laughs> you just brought it up and it just brought it all to the surface. So I was raised as a missionary kid. So everything's, you know, very precious and you don't waste anything. And my grandparents are very similarly. So- This is the thing. My grandma, my mom, my everybody, if you had a plastic bag, like a Ziploc, that thing is like gold. So you rinse it out when you're done and you put it upside down and you save it and reuse it. Like it is like heaven. So the other day, the kids had some plastic bag and it was all nasty. And I stared at it for like 10 minutes. Like, oh, like I don't, it needs to be washed. I shouldn't throw this away. And then I threw it away because I didn't really want to wash all that nastiness off of it. And then I felt so guilty. Yeah. You've I, never felt that in your life, I've have you? I've never felt guilty about throwing away a Ziploc bag. Andre keeps... Be- Let's just put this <laughs> No, we don't need to you bring need- any more up. That was a great that was example. Good. But Jeff, for you, for you, what's wasteful for you? 
Oh, see? Well, it's wasteful. Yeah, what's Well, I can wasteful? tell you, what you exactly. Look, what, what am I? I I'm not you thinking. You stomp through the house about? What? Every light on the house oh is on. Oh, my goodness. What are you, born in a barn, right? <laughs> <laughs> Every light. Yeah. He just stomps through the whole house, right. Right. just hubbing and bubbing. Mm. One. Two, as I he's flipping off every light. Because like we're leaving the house and no one in my family turns the light off. I'm mm-hmm. the only person. Right. Every light is on and they're just walking out. And so those are just two small <laughs> examples. <laughs> Imagine the differences in the experience. Like I don't, I don't want to throw away a straw that I've just used once when I may use it a couple more times in the day because you know I'm trying to eat healthy and do some things that I need to mix. You know, so I'm drinking it while I'm mixing it. I'm like, I don't want to just use it once and throw it away. I was like, Lisa, what's wasteful to you? She was like, leaving the pantry light on all day. <laughs> right? There it is. So it's just one of those sayings. And then you go, another really good question would be, so tell me about how money decisions, like what was your earliest memories of money, decisions around money, positively or negatively in your childhood? And kind of walking through how you were raised and what your families did mm-hmm. around money. And then there's so many different personality tests these days. But, you know, sometimes you may have the visionary creative. Who, me? <laughs> you may. You may how have do you know him so well? The driver who wants to get things done and knock it out. You may have the steady, compliant, non-confrontational, you know, but also doesn't. A little bit fearful about things going wrong and wants to feel safe and you may have the detailed specific, you know, Mm -hmm. so you take somebody that's creative Mm -hmm. and visionary and sees possibilities and put them with like a detail, put them with a detail or, or a fear potentially like I want to be protected and safe. Right. And then we got a lot there. Yeah. So like identifying those things, the childhood, the personality, what we're bringing into this, and I think the perspective is it's a Venn diagram. It says overlapping circles where I'm coming in, Lisa's coming in, you know, the spouses are coming in. And that overlapping space is actually not a compromise. It's a better place because that's where we become one. It's where we need to work through things. It's where we need to lean into each other. Mm. But it takes a, so much understanding because of the thing. I mean, we, I think we're hitting on something that's like there's a lot Mm-hmm. There's a lot here that we need to be communicating on and then setting expectations, right, about who we are and what we can expect. And why does that matter? Like, Jeff, why do the lights being on matter to you? So right? it and seems, really impact I mean, it seems that it's not necessarily always a finance problem. Right. It's like a communication. Yeah, for sure. Problem. Or a or family of origin. Problem. Yeah. Problem. Or, or like yeah. the impact of all those things. Yeah. Like it's seems like it's everything else but many. Right. A lot of times it's very true. And that's the place where it just comes out because it, it becomes a dollar. And it's very practical when it, when it gets to the money. Right. So you can throw all the blame or all the yeah, well, stress you, on that. Yeah. Hmm. But I think when an issue comes up or a disagreement or a, why does Andre want to wash out a plastic bag? I'm still trying to figure that out, Greg. Yeah. Well, we're going <laughs> to get to- My chest is still hurting about <laughs> we're gonna throwing that away. We're going to get to the bottom of it right now. But instead of judging that in that other person, because we don't understand it, recognize, I don't understand it. Let me lean in to understand it. This is going to point to something that's different in what we're bringing to the table. And let's value that difference so that we can not just keep tripping over that space. 
Hmm. but really understand wh- why that matters to her. And if I understand more about that, then it makes it easier, not necessarily easy, but easier to, to navigate and to communicate well and to care about that other person in that perspective. That's some good stuff right there. It kind of reminds me of this other debate we've been having. Oh, Lordy. Which is... Why we got to bring up all our stuff? Well, this one isn't so bad as long as you kind of... Say yes to you is really what you're trying to say. <laughs> point to the right answer in this situation. <laughs> It's kind of like an example of savings because I've been doing all the grocery shopping over the last year. <laughs> and very early on in the midst of the pandemic, I noticed that there was a lack of toilet paper and paper towels. <laughs> so what I started doing was proactively, when our brands that Andre is very passionate about, when those brands emerged on a shelf, I would get a pack every Out of time. love for Andre. <laughs> and then she's like, well, why do we have so much excess paper towels? And I'm like, because I'm planning ahead. <laughs> I'm looking out for your best interests. Yes. That's good, honey. Very good. Visionary right there. <laughs> okay, but but history plays a role in this, right? Like, I mean, so like we're raising kids and we're we're impacting how they view money. Our parents impacted how we view money. And 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 more so it's spending habits. It's what we do with our money. It's how we prioritize it, how we plan or not plan. Yeah, that has to be a big part of this, right? Yeah, the whole idea of more is caught than taught is just the basic principle of you do whatever is repped. There used to be this show on TV called Wife Swap. Mm-hmm. And it was fascinating I've because never seen it. <laughs> they would swap wives for a week on the show, you know. And, and what would always happen is the one you know, wife going to this other family would find these bizarre extremities of the way that this other family was living because it was the frog in the boiling water that they just kind of kept doing things the way that they had done them in whatever way it was became odd in some in some aspects in in both ways. And so they would speak into change and kind of hold up a mirror for these families of how things are being done in an odd way while our kids are being raised in homes where all of us are doing some things in some odd ways. Yeah. <laughs> Let that yeah. scare us a little bit. <laughs> Just so that we can be aware of it and and bring in other other perspectives. So they're repping it on an ongoing basis. And so it's just what are they repping? Yeah. What are we what environment are we creating? And how much of that is helping them understand, make wise decisions, handle money, understand work, understand the connection between work and money. I like what you just said there, because I think in some of our research that we did with Barna, we found that that correlation between work and the essential of money related to it was a big part for the families that Mm. we were researching. What we found is that the majority of the people, the reason why they were working, 63% of the people were working because of the need for financial income. It was extremely important. It was extremely important. And a big reason of that was because they had made these choices to have costs in their life that were determining every aspect. So let me play that out. So they bought this house as a couple and the only way to pay the mortgage is if both people are working and and working and making this amount of money or they bought this car. They, you know, they have this lifestyle they've built based on debt based on quality of life life that they want. And then they're stuck in this place forever. Have you seen that a lot? Reducing lifestyle, making those decisions is one of the hardest things to do. Once it's built at a certain level, Mm -hmm. it's hard to go backwards. Um, Mm -hmm. It feels like a loss, you know? Yeah, Yeah, I think that is twice as many people are coming into marriage now with debt than 25 years ago. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's around 86% now, and it was in the low to mid-40s. 25 years ago. So 86% of the people going into marriage are coming with debt. Coming in with debt. As compared to like 45% 20 years ago. So this is a reality for relationships. So So you think about it, like right off the bat, it probably should be in, all right, how are we going to plan for what we've already brought in and how do we want to kind of get into a healthier place? And your point is, I mean, Financial freedom, you can have at any level, and I would say it's kind of like your margin, right? So think about margin with your time and your week. That means you have some gaps of time that aren't already allocated, mm-hmm. right? Imagine if you went into your week and your week was already over allocated. Well, that's the way coming in with debt is, right? You're probably living at a lifestyle beyond what your income is, and yes. you're able to do that because mm-hmm. of the, the debt you're taking on. So then that's a, that would be a lot of stress in your week if you were already over allocated, Mm. with your time in a new relationship early on in marriage trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So the flip side of that is how do you get in front of that, have a plan and create margin? Think about margin in your week. You need to start blocking out time, right? You need to start creating time. It means you need to do less in some ways in order to create that space. You got to cut something out, right? Got to cut it out. But it, but you're cutting it out to create margin because it also, I mean, the amount of anxiety and stress is, is in large yeah. part coming from that that debt. Debt really fuels a lifestyle. Even if it's like, hey, it's 0%, there's no interest. Yeah, but it's it's creating a, a assumption and a habit and a rep of, oh, this is how we do things. We, we get things on debt. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it may need to be done and has to be done and difficult circumstances are happening. But to the degree that we can kind of look out a little bit, one of our phrases is with a longer-term perspective, we'll make a better decision today. So with mm-hmm. a longer-term perspective, we'll make a better decision today. Maybe that's delayed gratification. Maybe that's thinking down the road, beginning with the end in mind. But mm-hmm. it's kind of where do we want to go with this? And let's start maybe changing the direction of where we've been headed. So it sounds like the very first thing, like if couples are thinking or in that first early years of marriage or engaged to be married, that this, the debt conversation needs to be had like straight off the bat and with a goal, number one, attacking the debt first. Is that what you would advise in that way? I would say the debt is definitely something that will need to be prioritized. I think sometimes I like to think in terms of parallel paths. Let's do maybe a couple of different things at the same time. One is let's, let's get to know each other. Let's make sure that we're clear on where we've come from. Like, you know, and then we can adjust. So like for me, what I don't need to do is go walking around a mall or Lisa gets scared whenever I walk into Target or a grocery store. <laughs> She's sending me for bananas, you know? Or, like one, or two things yeah, and yeah, you're yeah, going to yeah. come you back with a lot. Then, you can't get out of Target without spending $200. <laughs> That's just anyone. They they have this way of doing it. It's like, and so she... She's like, I don't want you going to the grocery store. So so I know not to go to the mall, right, because of that. So if we know how we are, then we can adjust. And what we want to do, to Dre's point about the debt, is also start to make the good habits. We'll talk about like creating systems and habits. of Once we know what we want, how much we want to save, how much we want to give, then let's automate that. Let's make the choices as automatic and as easy as possible for them, to, for the right things to be happening. Let's have savings pulled out. Let's already have it allocated right. to go down and pay down debt. Yeah. And then let's put the rocks in the jar. Stephen Covey would say the priorities first. Um, so we would say giving, taxes, saving, pay yourself first, 
and then let's figure out what we have left over. And that becomes a hard thing, but that becomes the reality because there's always more options and choices than there is money. So let's go ahead and accept that. Now mm-hmm. we can say what we have left, where do we want this to go? And then if you take your differences as a couple and come in forward saying, let's start with what do we want you know, the year ahead to look like? Mm-hmm. What do we want this next six months or 12 months, or 24 months to look like? And let's come together on that. How much do we want to eat out? And because, But you're doing it in context of you've already put the rocks in the jar and now you're dealing with what you have to spend, which is what you have to spend with not taking on more debt. Yeah. You and I, we've talked with a lot of like young entrepreneurs and creative individuals. And it's like, we live in a freelance society where everyone has three side hustles in the midst of their work. And like flowing, changing income. Changing income. And the second thing you said is put money aside for taxes, which you and I both know that everyone that comes to us, they say, they say, they say they're, oh, and then the tax we got surprised by taxes as, as if no one had to pay taxes. If you're listening right now and you're a freelancer, you have to pay taxes. If you own a business, you have to pay taxes. If you have any side hustles, you have to pay taxes there. It's not a surprise anymore. Is that, is that fair? <laughs> oh, Jeff, so harsh. Jeff is passionate oh, come on. about I you. Even, I don't like taxes. Oh, <laughs> I'm not saying I like it, but don't be surprised by it, right? Don't be surprised. Like put money aside. Yeah, no, let, let, what we want is to not be surprised. That's it. And so what do we need to do to not be surprised? What our deductions need to be? How much needs to be set aside? If I'm owning a business and the taxes aren't coming out, taxes are still going to be due in most situations. So let's go ahead and tuck the appropriate amount away and let's let's be conservative and let's be thoughtful ahead because i think what happens over time is you don't want to have to think about some of these things kind of back andre to some of your original questions i don't want to think about paying taxes because that stinks mm-hmm. i don't want to think about paying that yeah that's a big number so the easier path for me today yeah is to not think about it to not pay attention to it and hope that it won't show up right but and if then, you just planned and do an automatic deduction or something. It, it happens over and over again. And then what experience teaches you is <laughs> that's that, actually worse. That sucks. I actually think. <laughs> oh, that sucks. No, okay. I, I actually think there's trying to put myself in the shoes of the, per, of the listener right now. And if they're in a rough financial situation as a couple, it's probably become a agreed upon not conversation to have about money because they know it's not going in the right direction. In terms of the way that they interact around it. The way they interact and the credit card bill is increasing and like, and they have a differences of how, how to spend money and what matters and all these things we're talking about. But the flip side is when you actually do engage and you start making a positive direction in the right way, then it's unifying. Isn't that like a weird, is that a fair assessment? Yeah, it's like if you can take a big breath and go, it's complicated, it's hard, but we probably want to figure it out. This is the analogy of if you're driving down the road, you know, I don't like stopping and getting gas either. Sometimes you have to pull off the road, but don't you want to know if you're almost empty? Right. Don't you want to know what the speed limit is and what your association with your speed, how fast you're going versus what the speed limit is? And is the car okay? Is it is the tire about to go flat? Mm-hmm. So we want to have these, we want to know what's going on with our money. We want to have a, no matter if it's complicated or not, you know, cars are complicated. I can't figure them out, but there's certain things I want to know about the car that help mm-hmm. me get from point A to point B and arrive safely and on time and without a whole lot of complications. What are those things that we can start to do to step into knowing where we are to say clarity? 
And, and then what you're doing um, is you can bring intention into where your money is and where it's going. How often do you think couples need to have these conversations like these check-in? It sounds like you're kind of thinking about check-ins and getting on the same page. I mean, is this like a once a year thing or more? What do you think? Yeah. So to start with, I would say if the conversations aren't going in a great direction, um, then maybe they're going apart from each other. And the more that we don't talk about or address it, maybe it's actually pushing us further apart. Um, we may not get back t- together completely tomorrow, but we can start going towards each other. Mm-hmm. And so these check-ins and these conversations and leaning in with right communication on this can can be really helpful. And part of that is what's our goals? And what, you know, without without vision, people perish, right? So if we look out, where are we going together? What's important to us? And then how do we bring that back into what we're doing on a year-by-year basis? I'd say having a, a plan for the year is really important. Mm-hmm. And then you start to establish a system to help make that, those goals happen. Hey, we want to pay down $2,000 of debt this year. Yeah. We want to save yeah, whatever goal. amount. Whatever goal okay, and, and we can we do that? Yeah, I think we can do that. All right, well, then what are we going to need to do in order to do that? Well, all right, well, here's some of the key categories of spending, and here's what we can do on those. Let's do that together, and let's agree. And you know, there's some some give and take in a good way coming together. And then how often? I mean, at least monthly, right? At least monthly we need to be checking in with one another and how we're doing and seeing where things are at. And But again, if we're automating it, then maybe some of these systems can, you know, if we're saving and if we're paying down debt and we're making sure mm-hmm. our taxes are accounted for, then, then that's going to help us be out in front of it. Yeah, I think over time, you know, you start to get a rhythm as a couple. If, if you had a, addressed it, right, and you start seeing what's working and what's not working, you start and you start identifying patterns within your partner. You can make fun of them. Like, you know, we're making fun of throwing or not throwing away. Don't, don't tease me. The, don't mock me with my bags. I mean, it really, who cares at the end of the day? Like, that's so minimal in, in the grand scheme of things. But I do think that there's a rhythm you start to gain and then having some bigger conversations that have, I like how you're, you're talking about the longer term perspective. I think that's sometimes so hard in our culture today because we want things now. Yeah. Now it's easy to sign a five-year loan on a car in that <laughs> moment, but yet you haven't thought about any other decision for five years out, right? Wow. Yeah. When, we're, when we take on debt, the perspective we need to have is that when we go to work the next day, or the next paycheck, a part of that is going to be to pay that person back. So we're, we're automatically working for the person that we're borrowing the money from. So the borrower mm-hmm. is working for the lender in that case. And so um, rather than that, it's kind of having a perspective, hey, let's work more for ourselves. So let's pay ourselves first. There's three things that, that I would say towards having a plan. Mm-hmm. One is setting that direction in terms of what you want to happen. Mm-hmm. The second step would be implementing action. So Let's automate it. Let's have a plan and a system. All right, so how is the debt going to get paid out? How is the check going to flow? Who's writing the check? Who's writing you know? yeah. Those are the roles that we have. You know, that's a part of who's going to be paying the bills? Who's going to be making sure the taxes are paid? Who's involved in making investment decisions? Who maybe is more of the planner? Like in our relationship, I'm actually the investment decision, planning, looking out, strategy, leases, paying the bills, paying the taxes, let me know where things are. If I get anything with taxes related to it, I send it to her because I'm like, that's she's got that. Anything investment or planning, you know, she's looking to me to kind of help lead. So that's some of the roles of the implementing action. And the third would be after 
you know, a time, let's maybe it's monthly and at the end of the year, let's review what happened just so that we can line up and go, all right, how did what happened line up with what we wanted to have happen? And a lot of times there'll be differences. That's okay. Like we need to give ourselves grace in this process. Let's just progress over perfection. Let's keep moving in the right direction together and also have grace with each other because we're figuring out each other at the same time we're trying to figure out how to handle our money wisely. And I would say make small mistakes. Pay too much for that t-shirt, you know, pay too much for that coffee occasionally, not all the time, but, but, but don't, don't make the big mistakes. Like try to avoid, try to avoid taxes, (laughs) try to avoid taxes and overpay, you know, that car that, man, that was five to 10 grand mistake on that one or bigger house that, okay, we rushed into that. Um, You know, try to make the small mistakes as a way of saying, okay, just don't make the big ones. A reminder, you know, the investment decisions sometimes can be a big one too. So 2020 happened and I'm guessing that there are a lot of people that were shocked, surprised, crises, lost jobs, lost income, some kind of crises moment at some point. So what would you say to people now as we're like coming out of that year and we're still in a lot of it in a sense, but as if a crisis or something like that happens where it makes a dramatic impact, how do we come out of that and how do we regain footing and reconnect back again into figuring this out when you just feel defeated, devastated? What's some advice you can give to anybody who's had a really rough last year? It can be really difficult at times and the things that life throws at us, you know, health-wise, job-wise, whatever else can be really hard to navigate. And so I think um, just some grace in the process that life's not a straight line up. Things aren't always improving, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even in our efforts <laughs> to do the best job that we can, it's more of a, it's more of chaos on the way up maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's frequency. It's, it's there's radio waves on the way up. And um, so give yourself grace at first and just know, you know what? Life, life happens sometimes. And, um, we need to help each other through it. We need to rely on family sometimes, and that's okay. We need to have the help of friends and others, and that's okay. And uh, and then from there, I think, try to get to a point of where you can take a deep breath and just kind of face where you are. All right, where are we? Mm-hmm. May not like it, may not be what we wanted. Sometimes talk about like plan B is better than plan A, and it mm-hmm. may not feel like that. Plan A was not to be in this situation. But plan B is where we are. Mm. And just having the ability to kind of look at it and go, it's where we are. Every path is different. There's no ideal path. Every you know journey is unique. Mm-hmm. This is what's in front of us. Let's do it well. Let's mm. let's face what what we have in front of us. Let's figure out where it is. Let's figure out what our next steps are. Let's take the next step wisely. Mm-hmm. What we're talking about with net worth. So net worth is the things that you own, like checking account, savings, investments maybe a house or a car, that's what you own. And then it's what you owe, you know, your debts and your liabilities and your mortgage. And so your net worth today is a summation of all the financial decisions that you've made in the past. Mm-hmm. So wherever you are, everybody has a, what they own and what they owe and their net worth. So wherever you are in that, and it may be, well, there's a lot that we owe in here, not a whole lot that we own. Okay, let's figure out. where we are. That's where we are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what, let's, we're gonna improve it. We're going to do the best job that we can. It may get worse before it gets better. And, you know, sometimes I think just being able to soberly not judge yourself, there's the expectation gap of where we wanted to be. 
versus mm-hmm. where we are. And whatever that gap is, is the frustration yeah. or angst or pain. Mm-hmm. And so we need to readjust our expectations to just where we are, plan B. And let's approach it that we're going to do the best job with whatever it is we have. We're going to get good counsel. And we're going to make the next wise decision, the next right step. It's interesting. Uh, in that conversation, you kept saying, where are we? We, 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 we. But too often, this conversation becomes pointing fingers. Well, you bought that thing and you did this thing. And that's, you know, it becomes you and I versus this we mentality. I think that was a really good thing to say. So you had mentioned the clear plan. You said setting direction kind of implementing that action. What was the third part again? Yeah. And then reviewing results. What did happen? Let's look back and let's learn from it. And let's celebrate if yeah, we do it right. Ce- yeah. Right. Celebrate. I don't do enough of that. You Thank love you, to Jeff. celebrate, Jeff. You are gifted at that. He's really I, I good at that. that. He is yeah. good at that. I mean, I could throw a good party. <laughs> I'm just, I mean, I could throw a party. We can, I mean, I can spend all the money that I just saved <laughs> in a party. To celebrate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. That it's is like the what diet. Like I, I made it through one meal and now I'm going to celebrate with dessert, right? <laughs> it's exactly what it does. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that's a big part. So that's the net worth. The other part is what we just call your, your cash flow. And it would be around your spending plan. And so just start with. Is that called a budget? No, we don't use that word. Oh. No, I don't use that word. Because I'm a visionary creative and the budgets are so limited. <laughs> so limited. I mean, we like to really. Ugh, taxes and budget. So what do you call it, Mr. Creative? <laughs> Spending plan. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Because we, we're, hey, we're just. We're, putting, we're just planning how to spend. Hey, we're putting the money where we want it to go. That's what's going go. on over here. <laughs> okay. I don't know what everybody else is doing. <laughs> so, so you need to know just very practically here. Okay. How much money do we expect to make this year? Let's, let's add that up. That's how much money is coming in. And then how much money is going to go out this year? And, well, I don't know. All right, let's start with generosity. There's been a powerful effect that I've seen in, in people's lives, a client's life, our own life, that generosity reorders your world. When you start. Say that again. Generosity reorders your world. Huh. So when you think about giving to the things that you want to see more of around you and in your city and in your world, or you see things that break your heart that you don't want as much of that anymore, you know, and you give towards that. So you start with that. How much do we, how, what percentage, what amount do we want to give into what organizations? Then we want to pay taxes. 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 So I guess we need to do that too. So we, want, we don't want to be surprised. We don't want a big bill at the end of the year. Do we want a little bit back? Do we want a lot back? I don't know. Let's just be intentional. I don't, there's not a right answer. Some of our clients may want a little bit back at the end of the year because they feel like it's a little bit of a bonus. And others are like, I don't want to lend anybody else any money. So they want to, they would rather pay a little bit, whatever it is. Pay taxes. Be, have a plan for it. Then there's debt. And so debt here in this order is actually what we already have to pay. It's It's what we're required to pay monthly stuff you've already kind of yeah i've already got my my monthly payment on a house or my car or what have you so this is this is that part of it already obligated then the last two categories are in harmony with one another and that's lifestyle which i'll talk about in a second it's just broken down between annual expenses but there's also monthly expenses and then margin and margin would be giving more or a major purchase in that year or so I have debt. 
or paying off debt, which we just say is financial strength, right? Saving more or paying down debt, just becoming, yeah. Financial strength. Look, that's another very positive visionary word <laughs> thing. <laughs> financial strength. So there's a, there's a couple of grenades in here. Oh, <laughs> grenades. You just threw that word yeah. out now. Yeah. That means we are very scared it could blow and we run up. away. It could blow it up. Oh, it's going to blow it up like 2020. So one of them is the non-monthly items. So when you do your annual budget, there's monthly things you have to pay every month. Spending plan. Spending plan. plan. Spending plan. <laughs> on all the things you're going to spend money on this year. Yes. Some of those happen monthly. Yes. <laughs> And then for those that celebrate Christmas, that doesn't happen every month necessarily. Right. Or, or you a go repair, on a vacation. Vacation, car repair. Yeah. If you own a house, guess what? About 2% you know, of the value of your house is going to need to be paid for. I mean, think about your car. So this throws off people because it's unexpected. What we also find in the financial world is the unexpected actually can be better planned for. <laughs> like can be expected. A car repair. You're saying can be expected. Are gonna, you know, something's going to happen probably on the car every single year. So is that in there? Someone's going to go to Target. Uh, Jeff, he's talking about. I know, but those are people say those are unexpected, <laughs> but it's going to happen. <laughs> but it will happen. It will happen. <laughs> yeah, or the house. Oh, the yeah. appliance went out. Okay, well, how old is that appliance? Ten I mean, years old. It's like, like yeah. I work with people that have spreadsheets that'll tell you how, what the life expectancy of that appliance is and when it's going to go out and where you, how much you need to have for it. So you can plan for more than you probably think. But some of these things you kind of go, yeah, we need something. It's probably going to have to happen on the house this year. We need an amount for that. Something's going to happen with the cars this year. So, but it may not happen every month. And so when we haven't thought about a car repair or putting any money aside for that, and then something happens at the same time, it's Christmas and we just went on a vacation. All of a sudden, boom. The grenade. Boom, the grenade. So you're saying <laughs> instead of it being a grenade, we could just make it a line item in our it's just plan. I mean, it's just expecting plan. that yeah, to Because I want to have money to, I want to have money go towards taking care of my car and making sure I'm on the road. Right? So put it in a line item in your spending plan. I mean, this is really good, Greg. I think at the end of the day, what we are hoping in this conversation is that you and your partner have a conversation that you're not having. And I don't know what caused that. It's it's probably you already you fought about it the last time. There's too much debt and you don't want to address it. Yep. You guys have two different perspectives you're bringing to the table and different wants and needs. I mean, there's all these frustrations that go along with it. What do you feel like like what's the starting place for a couple to have this healthy conversation? And should you have somebody objective like in the room with you, financial advisor or somebody to help you with that? Or is that something you really actually can navigate, just the two of you? So there's a lot of complexity there. So if there's somebody that you can have help guide you, because everybody's trying to figure this out. And a lot of times we need help. And the help may be in a book. It may be in the Love or Work podcast. <laughs> Hang on. This would be this would be really funny if we recorded our next conversation about finances together. Oh lordy, this could be. Uh, I don't do know it. about that. you. Made me mm. record our counseling session. Yeah. So I get to, payback. Yeah, we're gonna record a pre and post conversation. Ooh, with Greg my about favorite our conversation. <laughs> Spending plan. You get to just direct it to Spending what's important plan. to you, Dre. You want to have these conversations. You want the money to go to the things you care about. I don't want you? to have a spending plan. <laughs> <Don't>. <laughs> Somehow you made you me really want to have a budget. 
<laughs> so yeah, you want to, everybody's, there's all kinds of different ways these days of getting help, um, get help somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, maybe in a book, it may be, you know, on um, podcast, it may be with a program, it may be with an advisor, um, it may be with a friend that can, it's kind of been through it, that a mentor that can help guide you. Maybe a couple that's already been through these things that you can look up to, to say, hey, what did y'all do? Mm-hmm. Talk to me about your experience, you know, and learn learn from others. Look up to those that are ahead of you and learn from their experience because that would be huge, you know. Yeah, I think one thing that I've learned and I think both of us have learned, we were joking with each other in the midst of this, is that we do have different priorities of what we would want to do with our money. And if we aren't conscious of what our partner wants, desires, needs are with that, and we just are focused on our own. I was talking to someone that's about to get married and one person is extremely budgeted, extremely. And the other person is kind of free, you know? And it was like, oh, both of them have to, in some way, understand each other. You know, you have to kind of budge a little bit. Otherwise, it's just going to be a frustration forever. Well, I would like to hit on one final topic, though, because Greg has actually been one of our greatest teachers in this area. We've looked to him and his family because they are ahead of us. Oh, this is good. You're saying we're older? I mean, much older. (laughs) Ahead of us. You have three kids. They're all older than ours. They're teenagers. and Three teens. Yeah. Boom. All three teens. About grenades. And so I remember when we came to you all to just help us with this idea with kids and money and how to start like at a younger age, getting this kind of concepts down a little bit. What are some good kind of little practical things that you would say maybe first starting with like the youngers elementary school, that would be good, good first steps for parents. The first step that I love, if I could design it, yes. right? oh. give me a three or four or five-year-old in one of their first conscious visits to Target mm-hmm. where they go, mommy and daddy, I want that. Mm-hmm. Right. And you go, awesome. Did you bring your money? Mm-hmm. You go, money. What's the money thing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Hold on. I need money to get things. Do I have money? I don't know if I have money. How do I get money? Right. Awesome. Let's talk about how you get money. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about that. And then, then as parents looking for ways for them to earn money and get money, to spend money. And in that process of having their money, you know, maybe it's an allowance, but maybe it's also looking for ways for them to work for it. Mm-hmm. Maybe both or, or what have you. Then... They start to handle money. And what we were talking about earlier is what what rep, what, what you rep, mm-hmm. you know, you learn and you gain experience from. And so the earlier that they can start repping it and dealing with it. So like we did that with our kids and had them give because we're, we're doing things from a faith perspective, too. For So for us, that's really important relationship with God. And so they're, they're giving and they're starting that early and then they're saving mm-hmm. and then they're spending. So I think we did. We did a little 25% giving, 25% saving, and then they could spend the rest. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, what do they know when they're five or six years old, right? Right. Um, but it starts them out on a, on a nice trajectory that then they can they can take from there over time. And so it's just when they get in the middle of that trajectory, then as they grow, then they're earning more. They're looking for more opportunities to work. But they understand that when they spend, that they understand where it comes from. Like even going to a bank and going, the very basics. Do you know how money gets in here? When I'm pulling it out of the mm-hmm. ATM or, hey, when I'm using that credit card, do you know how this works? Right. 
yeah. small but important teachable moments mm-hmm. along the way. We then as teenagers, we had our kids pick a stock. Like we picked Disney for all of them. And plus like they're a, interested in it, basically. An index. And now they picked one, you know, one mm-hmm. picked Amazon or Apple. McKinsey picked um, the Airbnb IPO. Oh. It's good so far, but you know. I wish my son would have picked GameStop this week. That was a whole different thing. <laughs> so, but they, but they, they're learning and then we talk about it and, you know, it's not so they become day traders, but so they can learn about the volatility and they learn how stocks mm, the work. The highs and they lows, learn yeah. The savings and they learn how it can go up over time and how it can go down over time. But, they, but it's through the experience that they can start to, yeah. you know, them working at Chick-fil-A, a couple of ours do, and they had to learn about taxes coming out of the paycheck. <laughs> yes. and I said, don't pay. No. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even have to worry about that. Um, yeah. But it's it's a lot of just looking for ways for them to learn along life's path and having a radar attuned that teachable moments are all around us. And also let them see you struggle with it. Because if they don't see you struggle with it, then they may become that person down the road that hasn't learned that money can be hard. And so then they're shocked when money is hard. That's a really good point. Because I think if I were to think about modeling right now, I'm guessing a lot of kids see their parents click a button on the computer at Am- on Amazon. Right. And then a package just, comes the next freaking day. All the time. You know, like if that is the model, yeah. like pretty consistently, then I can only imagine what they are thinking in their little brains of like, all you do is press the button on the computer. It's and easy. Voila. And voila. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot that they can learn that we can prepare them for when they, you know, are, our older two went through car purchases recently, and so they've been working at Chick-fil-A, and we helped support them in that. But but to see them work through it and wrestle with it and research and then make a purchase and ha- ask for guidance and counsel, it's like, it's just a car. But, man, it was a huge rep. Yeah. And then when they're going into college. And it's also, like, big deal. Like, you can be like, you could get this cheap car yeah. that might right. break down and blah, 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 and you might have all these things, or but it's cheap, and you could probably get it right now. Or you could wait like a whole nother year and get a nicer car, you know, like, so there's so many like really strategic decisions that can be made in those ways. uh, Here's a big one. When we are processing decisions to the degree that it's appropriate and we can, but just be aware, where can, where can we find the opportunities to bring them in ahead of time? Yeah. There's something to them being a part of the processing in their brains, thinking about it with us and kind mm. of pros and cons that allows them to, to grow mm. that men, mental strength and that mental fortitude for being able to make better decisions. That's one of our big things is a really strong work ethic mm-hmm. and the ability to make wise decisions. Small, mm-hmm. medium, large, whatever. Because I heard somebody say one time that there are more choices than <laughs> there is money. Oh, right. Okay. That, back to the beginning. That's yeah. the truth. I mean, right. that's the epitome of our kids. Like you go, mm-hmm. you go and look at Legos, and it's like, well, how much money do you have? Well, I have fifteen dollars. Well, all everything on these four shelves costs twenty nine dollars and above. So here's your here's your category that you can look at. So, so if they are learning that, if they're learning that I have to make choices, that I, that I can't buy everything, what do I need? And then they they start needing to, some of the best things that can happen is when they're working and they make that, I remember McKenzie making an early purchase. I can't remember how old she was, probably seven or eight or something. And all of her money was gone. Mm-hmm. That's a great experience for a kid to have. Mm-hmm. And they go, oh, don't want that to happen again. Right. How much money do I want to have in mm-hmm. there and, and savings? They got to start and, over what have again. You. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. And, 
and working through that. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. That's good. Well, this is good, Greg. Thank you so much for your time, energy. This is going to be good money. This is a good money conversation. Good money. Good it's money. good. Money is good. It's not always bad. It's not always bad. Our love of it may be bad, but it's good. And it's to support the things that matter to us so that we can live with intention. And now it's time for the breakdown. We are breaking down the money into buckets, people. Buckets. Okay. What well, bucket you want to start with? <laughs> I like how he helped me with really not saying the word budget. That was very kind of him. I think he did that just for me, but I, I did like that. Yeah. I think this episode is really important because so many couples, this is attention. This is a big issue in your relationship. You need to talk about it. And there's not oftentimes ways to talk about it. So if you listen to this and it was encouragement to you, now here's, here's what I want you to do, but here's what I don't want you to do. I don't want you to text this to your partner and be like, you need to listen to this. <laughs> it needs to be like, hey, could we listen to this and talk about it together? Is that a better way to do it? Yeah. Yeah. If you would have texted this I to me, I would have. You could. It could have been like, I think we need this. Yeah. Not you need this. It's yes. Really I like that. Right? I really like that. Yes. I did like one of those great questions to like really understand each other and your oh. different personalities about like what is wasteful to you. Yeah. But beyond that, why is that? What is behind that? Not just spouting off at each other that we didn't turn off the lights or that you threw away the Ziploc bag. But why and what is behind that? It's really interesting. I was thinking about this question since he brought it up. And I had a different example. I want to ask you this question. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to figure out. I've thought about this for a long time. I've never been able to communicate it fully to you. Every time you empty out a glass jar of anything. I save it. No. You wash it out. Yeah. You use a lot of water to completely wash it out. And then you recycle it. So or question, I save it for future use of our own use. Yes. I mean, I understand that. That's not the point. I, I'm talking about the times when you wash something completely out to recycle it. So you use water to then recycle. What? Is it better <laughs> for the earth? And I don't know the answer. <laughs> Thank you. You are getting way off topic. But to me, this is a question is what is wasteful to you? Okay. So that's the first question. The second one, what is your earliest money decision that you can remember? I remember when he asked us this question, actually, he asked it a little bit differently, but it was along the same lines. And so I already stated that I'm from Bolivia. I was born in Bolivia um, and that's how, where I raised my first half of life. And so honestly, my first money decision that I remember is when I had this very old lady, when I was walking with my mom, I was like five years old. She grabbed my arm, ripped me close to her and was asking for money. But I was very scared because she like kind of grabbed me. And I remember looking in her eyes and seeing poverty and pain and anger and all these things and needing to make a decision about what to do if we were going to give her money or not, like as her begging for money. That is my earliest memory of anything to do with what to do with your extra change that you just have in your pocket or your money laying around. And that's been my impact. That's really great. I'm thankful you shared that because that's what a great example of how just one simple question can turn into something very vulnerable. Yeah. These questions can turn into something vulnerable. I think the third question I would add to his two questions is, 
how does this relate to how you view money? And I think those things are applying it to today and shaping, okay, because of this, this is how I think. Right, right. And I think that can be a very vulnerable conversation that brings you two together. Sometimes money conversations create frustration, Mm -hmm. fights, different perspectives. But when you approach it with these kind of questions, I think it could actually bring you together with the person you love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So maybe that's an action from today. Yes. I also love his view of generosity Mm -hmm. and how generosity, like starting there, how it can change things and change you and change those around you. I think it's beautiful. So he said, generosity reorders your world. And I love that. I love, I think that's a great way to close it out. This is really an incredible conversation. It's a hard conversation for many people listening. We hope you listen to this with the person that you love in some way, in a very approachable way. Don't like shove it down somebody's throat, like invite them to do this with you Mm -hmm. and uh, have these key questions you guys talk about and see where it leads. Yeah. And we'll link some resources and some books that Greg talked to us about off air. We'll link to it in our show notes for you so that you have also some things that even Jeff and I have tried and that we've used with our kids or some books that we've read that have been super helpful. So we'll link to that. And uh, that's another episode of Love Love or Work. This episode was recorded by Matt Owen for Soul Graffiti Productions.